Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us on today's episode of Rethinking Youth Ministry. My name is Brett, and I'm super excited to be joined by three of my friends, Aloha. Hey! And Crystal. Hey there. And Joel. Hey. And Joel, this is your first time on the podcast. I am so excited. Congratulations. Joel just took a video as proof to his kids (laughs) that he's on a podcast. That's right. And sent it to him. So, Joel, we're super excited. It is your first time on this podcast. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, um, I am probably the oldest person in Orange. I'm about 60 years old now, but (laughs) I have been on the board of orange since mm-hmm. uh you know for 25 years yeah. really helped start it with from the Reggie. beginning really from the yeah. beginning i've been chairman for all these years and just want to compliment everyone with this organization i think it's the Aww. best best well, strategy in the world um seen a lot uh and just love being involved with the ministry very cool awesome. and uh as far as personally i grew up in michigan you know we used to have a football team but not so much anymore um but uh loved it there my my claim to fame growing up in sports was in high school i guarded magic johnson in a high school basketball game are you serious game. Wow. yes how'd you do i held him <laughs> to 42 points so that's my that's my <laughs> sports that's, that's why so i went into stuart, business stuart hall who's been on this podcast before one of his claim to fame is he was uh he played high school basketball against charles barkley wow whoa wow. i think that's Did really he interesting hold him to 42 I'm, points he probably got that's dumped that's gonna date is to see joel and stuart yes. play each other yes. Yes. Yep. and i'm only like 70 percent sure that stuart actually told that story now that i say it out loud but we're, we'll wow. pretend like the, well later was really funny is later i saw magic we were signing at this autograph thing and um he goes oh yeah yeah i I remember you i said you couldn't remember me i was you were behind me all the time you were going to the bucket um but anyway that's so um, cool as far as i think why i'm here is i've been a leader a business leader my whole life uh been ceo of four different companies since i was 35 wow uh saab uh, an Amazon startup called Greenlight.com. We used to mm-hmm. sell cars on Amazon back in the day. And uh, then uh, uh, Hershen Family Entertainment, which is yeah. Dolly Parton, and was yeah. a partner with Dolly Parton. She's incredible. And then um, SeaWorld, which was a real, uh, I had jet black hair before I went to SeaWorld. <laughs> and uh, that lasted about three years. But just so excited now to be retired and being able to focus on what I really want. And um, you know, my, my real passion is, I always felt I should be in the marketplace, but always wanted to figure out how to do that in a way that would be pleasing to Jesus and how mm. you led and, and to lead with love. And so um, that's that's really how I spent my career. Very cool. So all of that's great, but there is one other claim to fame. Oh, yeah, what's that? That you were on <laughs> one nervous. of the first episodes of Undercover oh, that's Boss. Right. Oh, yeah, yes. that's right. Yes, yeah, that's really going back. 2000, yeah. So... For those of you who don't know, um, Undercover Boss was CBS's big hit program back actually when American Idol was number one. And uh, basically the CEO goes undercover and we meet with our employees and just (laughs) is a lot of fun and a lot of great things came out of that. But it was uh, it's on Netflix if anybody ever wants to see it. So my husband went back with me last week and we watched that episode really? and then I had to chase Joel down in the hallway and go, hey, what, <laughs> what I need to know what happened to that one guy. <laughs> the one who got the scholarship? Yes. yes. Yeah. I remember what did that happen part. To that you know, it's, it's just one thing on that. It's one of the principles that came out of that. It's really an Andy Stanley principle is do for one what you wish mm-hmm. you could yep. do for everyone. Yeah, totally. And anytime we're leaders in anything, if we have a heart, we can be really overwhelmed by all the pain and suffering that's out there, uh, especially if you have a lot of employees or a lot of volunteers or a lot of church members. Uh, and so it's really important to pick one or two yeah. and really stick with them. And, and I did that. I still keep in touch with uh, Al- Albert, who was the kid <laughs> who went to college, and Richard, who we watched streets with. So, yeah, it's it's a good principle to keep in touch with those folks. That's, that's so awesome. Yeah. And uh, another thing that Joel has done is Joel wrote a book called Love Works, and it yes. talks about these seven uh, what is it? The the seven what principles? Timeless, Timeless. principles. I really yes. like that for effective Timeless. leadership. Yes. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit because what we're going to be talking about uh, during our time is leadership skills every youth ministry leader needs to develop. Yeah. So I know that I, one of the tensions that I felt in student ministry is I felt called to go into ministry at a pretty young age. I was like 15 years old wow. um, and, you know, started doing student ministry pretty early and 
for most people who feel called to some sort of ministry in the student world, it's normally because you feel called to work with students. Um, but what happens is we find ourselves in these situations where we're leading ministries and we're not leading students as much as we're leading adults who are leading students. And we find ourselves leading a ministry, which is very different from what we originally went into. Right. So hmm. I know for me, a lot of times there was always this tension of, well, what am I supposed to be doing? Because I thought I was getting into this to do this over here, but in order to do this effectively, I've got to develop all of these additional skills mm -hmm. that maybe I just wasn't prepared for, or maybe I, nobody prepared me to really begin to understand and yeah. develop that I need to figure out how to do well so that I can do what I feel like God mm -hmm. has called me to do. Yeah. That's great. I agree with that completely, especially, uh, with volunteers, right? Because yeah, totally. mm -hmm. with the volunteer staff, which most leaders have, I would think in this church, uh, this church world is, you've got to treat them well, or they're not gonna they're not gonna stay, and that's all great leadership. Yeah, and to piggyback off that, um, a lot of times you go into student ministry because you like students, you want to mm -hmm. lead students, and that's a very different muscle than mm -hmm. leading adults or leading their parents. Because I mean, you know, at fifteen, you're leading these students yep. who are kind mm -hmm. of like your peers, maybe a few years younger, and their parents are like twice your age. Yep. So how do you how do you pivot to leading from leading them to also leading the parents or leading the uh, the ministry leaders? Yep. I'm so glad you brought that up because that, I'm so glad that you're that so glad. That was an actual like that was a real struggle for me when I yeah. came out of the public school classroom. Yeah, I was used to leading teenagers. I was trained to lead lead teenagers, and there is just some sort of almost silent agreement that most of the time they have to do what you say. Yeah, yeah, and totally. adults, as it turns out, don't have to right. do what you say <laughs> or respect you as even a, an authority at all. They and, don't have to. And with students, you sometimes leverage your tone of voice yeah. or your authoritarian position right. to get where you need to go. Sometimes that happens. It's not the best way to lead, but sometimes that happens. But with adults, um, I feel like tone is even more critical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, Joel, how do you how do you lead people through your tone in a way that's honoring, but also says, I, I still need you to go in this direction? That's a great Great question. Um, makes me think about, I'll, I'll try to refer back to what I wrote about in, in the book. One of the words of love, because the whole principle of the book is basically Jesus taught us to love. It's mm -hmm. the greatest commandment. And if you want to lead in anything, you really should do it in a way that's honoring to Jesus and love God and love others. Yeah. One of the words is kindness. Mm -hmm. And I think it gets misinterpreted a lot. We, we have to be kind, which means you're mm -hmm. reinforcing. And I, I like to say, try to be reinforcing and positive three times more than your negative <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, wow. because you've got to fill emotional bank accounts, especially yeah. with volunteers. Mm -hmm. I, I shouldn't say especially with all, anyone you're leading. Right. right. But at the but same volunteers time, don't get a paycheck, so they, they don't, don't get a paycheck. They're not right. as bought in. <laughs> and so, right, you got you to gotta be very positive with them and kind of think in your mind, three to one ratio, three to one ratio. Mm -hmm. But when you have to be firm, uh, it doesn't have to be a firm voice. It just has to be firm and being very specific on what was disappointing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you can't be late every time or I need you to do this. I need you to do that. W whether it's praise or admonishment, I think it's important, A, to do it privately, mm -hmm. never do it in front sense. of other mm -hmm. people. Yep. And that's that's a big mistake that all leaders make is we all remember when we were admonished publicly mm -hmm. and that's not a good thing. But also to keep a, a firm voice, be specific but then put them right back into the game again. Mm -hmm. You know, I want you here next week and, and hopefully we can learn from this. So that's how yeah. I always handled difficult situations. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. That's great. So I actually want to kind of jump in to those seven principles that you talked okay. about. So you already mentioned be kind. Yep. Um, and I just want to read through these and then Joel, maybe get your opinion on, we've already talked about some of the difference between maybe leading in the marketplace is that one of the benefits that you have is that you're paying people to do what you're asking them to do. Mm -hmm. So there's yeah, a little right. bit of a motivator there. If you right. don't do this, I might not get paid anymore. And there's a built-in hierarchy to do as well. Mm -hmm. That's and true. Not necessarily in and then, yeah, and then in ministry. ministry, it's just sometimes it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah. It's a little messier and you've got to concentrate a lot more on some other aspects mm. right. in order to help them. Like you said, they're not as bought in if they're not getting paid. Right. So what do I have to do more of in the ministry world to get them to be bought in? So maybe there's a couple of these that you want to jump in a little bit more and say, hey, sure. all of these are true, I think, mm -hmm. no matter what, but maybe some of these we lean into a little bit more okay. in ministry world. All right. uh, mm -hmm. So there's the idea of being patient. 
demonstrating mm-hmm. self-control mm-hmm. in difficult situations, being kind, which we talked about, mm-hmm. showing encouragement and enthusiasm, mm-hmm. being trusting, placing confidence in those around you, being unselfish, mm-hmm. uh, thinking of yourself less, uh, be truthful, defining reality corporately and individually, mm-hmm. being forgiving, mm-hmm. releasing the grip of the grudge, and then being dedicated, sticking to your <laughs> values in all circumstances. So if someone's looking at all these and thinking about, okay, what skills and leadership do I need to develop first? Mm-hmm. Which of these would you maybe lean That's into good. a little yeah. bit more for the ministry world? Well, mm-hmm. I'll give my opinion, but I'd love to know the experts who have done it today <laughs> too. Um, I'd go back to kindness because mm-hmm. it's so important. I think that three to one ratio is important. But we were talking before the podcast started. I think the simple things like handwritten notes mm-hmm. to your volunteers mm-hmm. yeah. is so powerful. And Laura, yeah. we were we were talking about that, right? Yeah, when yeah, we talked I, um, about. Go I ahead, had a, a, a parent uh, in my last group that would give me uh, send me a handwritten note like every month um, or a text at least um, about something specific that I had done with her daughter or some That's specific be- behavior that her daughter had kind of come home and exhibited and, and not been as much of a 13 year old as, as she normally was. And um, for me, you know, in those days where like and this was a, a year ago. And so I had a, a tiny baby mm-hmm. and a first grader and it just life was crazy. But that really filled my tank and kept mm-hmm. me going and kept me pouring out into the other kids as well, mm. not just this leader's or this uh, parent's specific right. daughter. Um, I hope all your listeners heard that story <laughs> because it's so powerful. Um, you know, if you look at what keeps employees, what keeps them engaged, encouragement and getting mm. some positive feedback is right at the top of the mm. list. All the research says that, and it's free. All it takes <laughs> is time, but it takes us being unselfish enough to it takes awareness else. too. It takes yeah. awareness of I think well, that's a better people, word than mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, it takes awareness of what people are contributing to to your team, to your ministry, um, what they're sacrificing and what they're giving up. If you say, "Hey, I saw that," you know, everyone wants to feel known yeah. and seen and heard, mm-hmm. and you're you're just kind of depositing little little nuggets into that that love bucket. Yeah. At my last church, we always used to use the phrase that trust is the currency of mm-hmm. leadership, which I'm sure didn't that. originate with anybody mm-hmm. on our staff. But that idea, trust is the currency of leadership. And what better ways to build trust with people than Mm -hmm. being kind to them, than being unselfish, than lifting Mm -hmm. them up, than encouraging them. That just just adds to that trust bank that you have between your leaders so that when you do come and you do have to maybe get a little firm with them, you've Mm -hmm. got the trust in the relationship to be able to do that. When you stand up in front of everybody and say, hey, we've got to make some pretty big changges and it's Mm -hmm. not always going to be easy. Hopefully you've got the trust built up to be able to do that because of being kind, you know, being, um, being unselfish, being Mm -hmm. intentional on a regular basis. I'm glad you brought up change (laughs) because I think something we all love, something we all love. Um, I'm, I'm in a leadership program right now trying to learn how to be a better leader. And we just did a change management class Mm. and it just seems like that's just part of all leadership, but there's also risk involved in change. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, there's a chance that what I'm trying is not going to work. Yep. And Joel, I would love for you to speak to how do you how do you lead through risk and how do you lead through change and how do you invite people on a journey when you don't know how that journey is going to end mm-hmm. up? That's a great question too. Um, the the first thing I think is is great communication and that's that's very hard to do um, because we're all so busy. Mm-hmm. But trying to set a real vision of where you're headed. And so everybody's clear on where the vision is, and then you can kind of work through the mess. And we're actually in the middle of that, even here kind of reorganizing, and there's a lot of messiness in that. And so I think the more you can come together and communicate and, and, and carve out a clear vision of where we're headed, what the ideal state is, then it's easier to work through the difficulties. Um, but the, the other thing is just, I think the more we can be clear in delegation, which if I had to, to pick another word, you, know, you, you talked about mm-hmm. trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. Part of being trusting is delegating and being really clear to what people you're expecting them to do. And I think in small ministries when we're or small businesses where we're very entrepreneurial and there's a lot of change going on, mm-hmm. it's really easy for us as leaders to take too much control mm-hmm. and we don't delegate, we don't give up decisions. And there's nothing that destroys trust faster mm-hmm. than to give somebody responsibility and then kind of yank it back. Yeah. 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 And so I think as leaders <laughs> in change, we should really try once we say, go ahead and you, you own that small group on Sunday, mm-hmm. you let it go and, and then deal with the, the encouragement or the admonishment afterwards, but don't, 
pull pull that responsibility yeah. away. Mm -hmm. So when change is happening, clarity and delegation is yeah. really, really important. I think one help? of the that helps a yeah. lot. Okay. I don't mean to make this my own personal coaching session, but don't <laughs> like that's really helpful. Crystal came in with a totally different list of questions. <laughs> This is like Crystal's personal yeah. list that yep. you write down for your I wish you would have sent these last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I think that one of the keys to uh, a healthy volunteer ministry is the bought-in factor, um, mm -hmm. especially uh, you know, speaking from a personal perspective. Mm -hmm. as When I feel bought in to what our church is doing and to the vision, when I know like where we're going and what the, what the goal is, what the win is, um, but I'm also relationally built in with the church staff and with yeah. the parents mm -hmm. that I'm leading and the kids that I'm leading, all of that creates the like, that is the, the, I guess, currency, the, you know, the bucket that I'm pulling from when I have to sacrifice those, you know, crazy moments um, in my family's life, mm -hmm. you know, in order to lead these, uh, to lead the kids. That's yeah. a great point because we we're talking about trustworthiness as a word. Mm -hmm. I was talking about trying to be a trustworthy leader, but you're, mm -hmm. you're being, you, you got to make sure that they're trustworthy and you, you kind of respect that and you honor mm -hmm. that yeah. and, and how you treat them. So I think it goes both ways. That trust factor goes yeah, both ways. Totally. I want to jump back to what you were talking about with yeah. delegation, because I think for a long time in, in, in my ministry, I didn't delegate. I just dropped bombs, <laughs> which means that I did everything on my own until it got to a point where yeah. somebody called me on it or I realized I couldn't do it on my own. Yeah. And so then I threw it to someone else. And right. it was just a, okay, you do it. And then eventually they got to a place where they couldn't do it or they couldn't do it effectively because mm -hmm. I never equipped them <laughs> and helped them understand how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I ended up usually taking it back, either myself or somebody gives it back to me because it's not <laughs> being done. Um, that's not good leadership across right. the board. And I, I, yeah. I think that for us, when I, when I hear this idea of, of delegation, that so often for me for a long time, it was, what should I give somebody else to do so that I don't have to do it anymore? But in a lot of ways, delegation takes a lot of time and a lot of energy mm -hmm. and a lot of effort for us to really, we're talking about developing leaders when we're yeah. talking about delegating. We're talking about making sure that there's someone who is the right fit for what they're asking, what we're asking them to do, that they've, mm -hmm. we've helped them develop the right skills. Mm -hmm. They've been resourced to do those things. But I think so often for me, when I heard of delegating, like, oh yeah, I should pass this off to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then I just kind of throw it to them. And then I'm shocked when they don't yeah. know That's what they're supposed to do. Good point. I think when we hear the word delegation we think because you just said pass it made me think pass the buck like that's oftentimes yep. what kind of comes to mind when you talk about delegation but when we're talking about the compliment thing i think or you know seeing people and saying hey you're good at this I would argue that there's no better compliment than to say, hey, you're good at organi organizing. I'm terrible at organizing. Mm -hmm. Our student closet is full of random props and whoopee cushions. Can you sort those? Can you organize <laughs> that? And to have someone come in and do that, and that not only says, hey, I saw this in you and that mm -hmm. I know that you're good at this, but it gives them bought in that bought in factor yeah. um, to, to delegate to them. And you know, it takes something off your, off your actually, plate personally. I, those, those are excellent points. And, and about delegation, that's actually a, I, I write about that a lot. Mm -hmm. That is a very common misperception that we should delegate things that we don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Actually, we should delegate our favorite things in a way to, to mm -hmm. make sure what we're delegating are things that other people want to do. That's part of being unselfish. Yeah. Like it, you want them to love coming to work or to church and to do the small group. And and yes, it does take time. There's something called situational leadership. It, um, there's four different ways to lead and it goes from completely hand-holding mm. to completely handing off. And it's a mm -hmm. good thing for anybody to Google or read about because it does kind of walk through what you're saying is it takes time, but if you don't invest that time, you'll never be able to let go of it. Yep. And mm -hmm. that, that we have to, to grow in any church, any yeah. organization. And yeah. we used to talk about that. You watch me do something, then let's mm -hmm. do something together and yes. then I'll watch you do something. That's so it's kind of along those same lines. It's, it, it is. It's, it's, that's very crisply said. Those mm -hmm. are the situational leadership principles. Yeah. And so for me, when I'm thinking about, you know, what are some leadership skills that I knew that I needed to develop? Delegation was mm -hmm. absolutely being able to know what to delegate. Kind of yeah. like you're saying delegations, not just, okay, I don't want to do these things, but what are, what are, how do, do I know the people around me well enough to know what gives them life? Mm -hmm. And then how do I give them opportunities to be able to, to live that out in the life of our and ministry. I, and I think one of the worst things you can do to destroy trust is to delegate something that you just don't want to do. Like, let's say there's a tough mm -hmm. parent yeah. and as the leader, you just, you want one of your small group leaders <laughs> to deal with that tough parent. It's, maybe that's a bad example, but you know, in, 
I should be dealing, let's say, with a bad budget issue, not delegating to somebody else to handle it. And I think that's a really important thing mm. in delegating as a leader. Yeah. Um, I thought that you asked for other words. Do you yeah, mind yeah. if I transition to Because yeah, I love, you love your guys' thought on this. I think one of the hardest things as a leader to do is to have difficult conversations with mm -hmm. a volunteer, mm -hmm. with a parent, with a, an employee. At least it is for me. I mean, I'm Enneagram, we're all different. So some people seem it's really easy for them to do it. For me, it wasn't. And one tool that I was given as a young leader that's very helpful is when you got to have that difficult conversation to have three words written down on a piece of paper, mm. just, well, it's not three words, three statements, same as more of less of. Mm. And mm -hmm. so you just sit down with them and say, I want you to do the same as this because mm -hmm. it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I want you to do more of this because we just need more of your talent here, mm -hmm. but I want you to do less of mm -hmm. this. And it's mm -hmm. that way it's very, very specific. It's very simple, but they leave with a sheet of paper and an understanding of where they did great and where they didn't. Mm -hmm. And again, always in private, but we mm -hmm. have to do that with anyone or yeah. they're not going to develop. Yeah. And, um, I, I just think it's very simple, easy principle. I wonder what you guys have learned in having those difficult conversations and, and are there any other tools that you've used besides what I just said? I think for me, I'm an Enneagram nine. And mm -hmm. so I hate confrontation. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, where I always, I always wanted to start at a place where we both agreed on something. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I always, you know, if we're talking about, you know, ministry specifically, and so if I'm sitting down with a, a small group leader or a parent that's upset or um, senior leadership maybe in, in the church mm -hmm. who's not happy with some mm -hmm. something that happened, um, I always wanted to start the conversation by us being on the same page about what we believe about the their student maybe mm -hmm. or about what we want to happen in the ministry mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. along those lines so that, hey, whatever we talk about here, mm -hmm. we both agree on a heart level of what of what we're what we're attempting yeah. to do, what we're trying to do. And maybe we're going to disagree or we're both going to recognize a way that that didn't happen well. And we need to redirect, yeah. but we mm -hmm. all agree on, but this is, this is what we're trying do think, to do. I think that naturally, if you start with what we need more of, that's the positive. Yeah. And mm -hmm. usually you agree on what's going well. So I think we're, yeah. you know, we're actually saying it in two different ways, but mm -hmm. the principle is always start with what's working, what you agree on, and you get to what's not working and yeah. what yeah. you don't agree on. And then I think that's a great, great other way to say And I think thinking about it. what the other person, you know, thinking about how they might receive what you're about to say. Mm -hmm. Like we all kind of think through our own lens of like, you know, I'm an Enneagram nine or mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a sanguine temperament or, or whatever the, the case may be, whatever your, your personality test that you prefer <laughs> du jour. Um, but we always think through our own lens. Yep. But the key is to also think through that other person's lens of like, how might this land with them? Yeah. You know, what are they mm -hmm. going through at the moment? Um, what are their weaknesses or what are their insecurities that you know, they, they might, you know, whatever you're trying to talk to them about might land in a, in the wrong way. And I know that, you know, for those of you who are leading 200 volunteers, it's hard to know what each of their insecurities are and yeah. how, how that might land with them. But you do have other people around you who also know them. So for those kinds of situations that are like the bigger, you know, bigger issues, bigger confrontational issues that you have to deal with. Um, I think that's key. Like you have the resources around you, um, to figure out what that other person is going through and what they're yeah. going to, um, what they're, what lens they're going to view what you're saying through. For sure. Yep. And yep. you don't always have to guess at those things. Yeah. I know I personally hate confrontation more than almost anything else. I hate <laughs> it. And so I asked someone here at our organization who was really good at it. How do you manage that? Mm -hmm. And I think I may have even said this here on the podcast before that she responded with the OIC method. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which was, you talked about this in tell the person what you observe. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Tell the person what you observe, um, like their behavior. Mm -hmm. And how you interpret it. I interpret that to mean that you don't like me very much. Or I interpret that to mean you don't like your job very much. And then ask, can they clarify? Mm. Is that really what you meant? Because most of the time, I'm not very good at interpreting what someone else means. Yeah. So it's been helpful for me to say. So it's the letters, right? O, I, C, and C the letter. Okay. Observe, observe interpret, interpret, and clarify. That's good, too. So, Joel, I observe <laughs> that you yelled at me, which did not really <laughs> happen and has never Just happened. Just before we recorded. Um, right. And well, I actually, interpret I do want to meet with you after <laughs> <laughs> in private. <laughs> Less of more of saying. Interpret that to mean I need to start the job search soon. <laughs> Can you clarify? <laughs> wow, that got, that got deep real quick. Yeah, really. 
<laughs> no, I thought we were talking about volunteers. That's a great tip. It was, it was yeah. very helpful for me. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so I've heard so far, we've talked about this idea of, of kindness matters, mm -hmm. of lifting up people that are around us, of uh, the importance of delegation, how we delegate people. Another skill we just talked about is conflict resolution. How do we, mm -hmm. how do we learn to have those crucial conversations mm -hmm. yeah. in a healthy way and in a way where, you know, everybody leaves hopefully on the, on the same page, mm -hmm. understanding what the conversation, cause that's the worst, right? You, yeah. you don't want a conflict, but you have to have a conflict. You deal with a conflict. You felt like the conflict was dealt with, but then the conflict wasn't dealt with right. because right. You, both the other walk away. You, said you both else. walk away uh -huh. feeling yes. like you heard completely different things. So being able mm -hmm. to handle it with as much clarity yes. as possible. Yeah. And a, a side note, if you're listening and you hear kind of some humming, we're recording at a different place today. So there are some leaf blowers outside and we're next to a salon. And <laughs> we so do have a lovely there might setting. be some really interesting, if you're not watching on YouTube, you should, you should, Check Pop it, it up on YouTube because it is a gorgeous background, but you might hear <laughs> and some. It's the most diligently flowers we've ever they are. had. They are <laughs> really yes. good at what, they're, at what they do. Um, okay, so moving back, these skills that we need to be developing as ministry leaders. Any other thoughts, any other ideas some of those skills should be? Well, we talked about kindness and I, trusting was part of the delegation factor. And then truthfulness was, we had two different ways to deal with truthfulness. Um, I also think it, it sounds cliche, but being dedicated to these principles in, in all circumstances hmm. is, hmm. is really important because all churches, all organizations go through difficult times, budget cuts mm -hmm. or downside, you know, the church gets smaller. And I think that's when leaders really have to step up and try to do it in a consistent fashion mm. and and follow in my in my definition my ethos these words of love because that's when the rubber really hits the road and in the end of the day you know Jesus asks us to love and even if it's with our volunteers more than our parents i just think it's so critical to that that's in the end of the day what he asks us to do mm. and it's not about mm -hmm. how many kids are showing up every sunday it's about um, am I loving the people who are in front of me as a as a leader in this church? And I think it's really hard for us. Our metrics get messed up yep. is mm -hmm. what I'm getting to is that we I think we all measure the wrong thing sometimes. Just does that person feel loved? And mm -hmm. I think the other point I would make, though, is it's very easy to interpret all this as being soft. And as long as I'm nice and mm -hmm. good and that's mm -hmm. what Jesus was, well, Jesus- Kind is different from nice. Kind, kind is very different from nice. Kindness is not being nice all the time. Kindness is being enthusiastic, but it's also holding people accountable. Mm. And you read the Jesus of the Bible, he lost his temper <laughs> quite a few times, especially at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, <laughs> and he held people accountable. And I, leadership, isn't soft all the time. Mm -hmm. It is very, very difficult, but it's also an incredible calling. And I, you know, for, for those who they want to be in it for the ministry, I also think loving people is a calling and, and it develops a great leader. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. the only other thing I would add. I want, I want to push back and get y'all's thoughts on something. And maybe you kind of hear this in, in church world or not, because really this idea of, of leadership in church world has really exploded in the last, mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know, 10 or 15 yeah. years mm -hmm. is yeah. that, I mean, I wasn't alive 30 years ago. I was alive 30 yes, years ago. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but you were not, I was not you know, in ministry. You were not a cognizant ministry leader. <laughs> 30 years ago at the age of six years old. Um, but I don't think that church leadership was talked about in the same ways that it is now. Mm -hmm. And I hear these tensions sometimes between this idea of church leadership and no, we're not called to lead churches. We're called to pastor mm -hmm. people, all of these different. And, and so sometimes mm -hmm. there's this tension that exists between are we, are we to, to pastor congregations or are we to, to lead churches? Are we to love people or are we to lead people? And, and sometimes it almost pits them as a one or the yeah, other. Yeah. But what I love about what you're talking about is we're just talking semantics. Is, right. is yeah. that what we're talking about is what does it look like for us to love God, to love other people and be responsible mm -hmm. for what he's called us to influence to impact yeah. to lead whatever kind of language that we mm -hmm. that we want 
speak speak more to that tension yeah. because I feel like it's something as <laughs> as yep. church leadership continues to grow and, and be something we talk about, there is good, but there is some risk with that. Because can if I, we get so focused on the leadership side, right. we you're can right. lose some of the love pieces yeah. we're talking about. Well, and I um, can I just comment first and you guys chime in. First of all, I think it is is semantics and its definition. And I go into this a lot more in the book, but it's it, but in, concisely, we think of love incorrectly in America and in the English language because there's only one word for it. Mm -hmm. And it, it tends to be connected to romanticism in Hollywood mm -hmm. movies. The love that Jesus spoke of is agape love. It was written in Greek. We don't know what he said in Aramaic, but <laughs> Greek, there's four different words. And agape, which is what Jesus was interpreted as saying uh, by the writers of the New Testament, is a verb version of love. And it's an action. And, mm -hmm. and it, I define it from what Paul said oh, love is. So once you really understand what love is, those are leadership principles. Mm -hmm. They're not easy. It's not easy to be trusting or mm -hmm. to be encouraging or yeah. to be forgiving for God. That's a hard one. I mean, yeah. that's the hard one. So I do think it's semantics partially, but I, but I also think um, because people think that, I gotta be careful. I hope people don't <laughs> misinterpret this. I think sometimes as a church body, we focus so much on the great commission mm -hmm. of converting people to Christianity yeah. mm -hmm. that we forget about the great commandment, which mm -hmm. is loving other people. And if we just love those kids showing up with agape love and, and love our parents, we'll show them Christ and we got to let God take care of the salvation part. Yeah. And that's just my, that's Joel's opinion. That's not Orange's opinion, but I just, that's where I see some of the tension. And the last thing, and I'll shut up, is <laughs> I, I, it's, you'll hear a lot of people say, well, we're a, we're a nonprofit, and so, so you know, those business principles don't apply. But, I mean, we still are called to be efficient and effective mm -hmm. and, yeah. got, and, and, and use our talents the best way possible. And um, so I, I think that can be a cop-out sometimes. Hmm. In some ways, I wonder if this is a good problem for the church to have. Hmm. Because I think there was a time where we would say there is one pastor and that pastor's job is to pastor everyone. Yeah. Hmm. And over the you know recent decades mm -hmm. specifically, I mean, youth ministry is only as old as maybe the 50s or 60s. Mm -hmm. We've realized that if I have 200 teenagers and I am to pastor them, well, I, it can't just be me. Yeah. Yeah. I have to develop other people, which means that I might be pastoring 10 leaders who then each have 20 students, which mm -hmm. is still too much, by the way. Um, <laughs> but if, if I really love them, if I'm really leading them well, then I'm going to start creating some layers of leadership, yeah. which mm. in that way creates what some would call a hierarchy, which yeah. is very similar to the business world. Right. And yeah. all of a sudden church world, it doesn't look it's that like different. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that's a bad thing. I think that maybe right. means we're growing in the right direction and it's now time to apply some of those principles from the business yeah. world to leadership in the church world just because we're pastoring people maybe more effectively yeah. than we used to. Yeah, because I think if we're pastoring people more but more effectively, we are creating more buy-in. We are creating mm -hmm. more relational equity among the church body in and of itself. Mm -hmm. You know, to have 10 students with one leader mm -hmm. um, and what that one leader is pastoring them, even though that leader is not on staff at the church, then you have the youth pastor who has, you know, the 200 kids. That youth pastor is not going to be effective with the 200 kids, but that one leader, if the mm -hmm. youth pastor is pouring into that volunteer That's and that right. volunteer more is pouring effective. into those 10 kids, then you have a lot more relational uh, equity. Yeah, effectiveness. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think so much of the pushback when it comes to the leadership world is kind of like you were saying a little bit ago, is that we we get our metric our metrics wrong. What right. what we measure mm -hmm. success by often is off, and so then that pushes some people away from that whole thing and saying, listen my ministry is not based on how many mm. people show up or mm. how many more mm. people show up next year than showed up this year is God didn't just call me to get as many people mm -hmm. in this room as possible. Mm -hmm. And there is some, there is some truth to that, right. mm -hmm. but there's also some truth to us being responsible for the, for what God did give us to do. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe for those of us that, that find ourselves maybe too far in one camp or another mm -hmm. churches, it's all leadership or no, it's not leadership. It's this over here. Almost, 
to me, it's helpful to go back to what we were talking about earlier and the conflict resolution piece mm-hmm. of what do we all have in common? I bet if, I bet if we just narrow it down and mm-hmm. say, well, what are we trying to do in the first place? Most of us would probably agree that we're, we're just trying to help influence people for Jesus, that we're right. just trying mm-hmm. to help change lives and change families and, and change communities. And that whether we call it leadership, whether we call it this or that, there's probably a middle ground that we can all mm-hmm. that we can all find. Right. You mentioned truthfulness. And while this is all great, I want to go back to coaching mm-hmm. me personally. So <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to truthfulness, one of the things I've admired about watching you lead in our organization, and we're working together really for the first time face to face, is mm-hmm. I've noticed that you somehow manage to be very optimistic and very enthusiastic mm-hmm. and still acknowledge when something's broken. Mm, right. And I think as a leader, I, I found myself in a f- few situations mm-hmm. in the church where you lose credibility if you don't acknowledge what's true, Yeah. but you also can't give in to being that person who's complaining with. So how do you balance that? And what's the, what's the right amount of truth mm-hmm. to acknowledge and the right amount of enthusiasm yeah. to show? I, first of all, I appreciate the compliment. I <laughs> really am glad you asked that question. First of all, remember what we talked about earlier. I think it's really important to be positive three to one percent of the time. Um, <laughs> Other three to one ratio. Otherwise, you're going to be seen as just too negative mm-hmm. and not re- mm-hmm. reflecting and honestly reflecting what's positive. But also, you can lose so much credibility if you don't recognize what's broken mm-hmm. or you're positive yep. about something that's not really positive. Mm-hmm. And I, in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the book, I talk about it as being um, honestly truthful or honestly uh, positive and honestly kind because mm-hmm. you'll lose so much credibility if you're always positive and your positives aren't specific mm-hmm. and they aren't true or if yep. you compliment somebody that the rest of the organization thinks what in the heck is he doing mm-hmm. yeah. yep. that person doesn't do anything <laughs> so it's really important to to be honest and I, I try to do it and I know like even today in management team meeting I mean I, I ask a question I didn't even realize I was walking into the, a minefield when I told, was talking about the websites and why are we doing that website and I realized I was stepping on a bunch of toes but yet I also saw people nodding their heads like it's about time somebody asked mm. that question I mean I could sense that in the room yeah. so it's just critically important that we all see that and the last point I'd make is always don't make it personal. Um, always mm-hmm. try to talk, talk to the issue, not mm-hmm. the person and never attack a person. And I hope, I hope that's helpful, but I appreciate the fact that you noticed it. And that has been this week's episode of Coaching Crystal. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. We'll be back next time Crystal's on the podcast. Wait, Crystal talks about how to get a free coaching session. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's so good because I think that's a tension that 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 I always felt is is it even is is a personal thing sometimes where I'm probably the reason that something mm-hmm. might not mm-hmm. be working well mm-hmm. as a leader. Right. And so mm-hmm. how do I get to a place where I can talk about this openly yeah. and say, okay, th- here's here's something that I've been owning that I know that we're not we're not doing well or getting mm-hmm. the most out of. And there's just a place of truthfulness that we have to get to personally with ourselves where we have to be comfortable as a leader to say, I don't think I'm delivering with this. I don't know what the answer is. Can Mm -hmm. you guys help me think through what this looks like? And that's such a key point to you gain a lot of credibility when you do that in front of other people. Mm -hmm. And our, our CEO, I mean, Reggie Joyner, our founder, he's very good at that. He's very good at admitting if, if he's a weakness in this Mm -hmm. area and there are not a lot of leaders out there that, that do that yeah. as well as Reggie does. And it's one of his great gifts. So I, I think it does gain, gain credibility to do well, that. Well, I yeah. think for, for, for me, it's a fear thing. If I, <laughs> if I open up and I admit that I'm, I'm not doing well with this or, right. or I'm confused where we're going here, then do I then lose, if I'm not sure, right. how, how can they be sure in right. me as a leader who's, who's getting us to go in a certain direction? And, you only lose credibility if you don't end up fixing it. Right. Or mm-hmm. if you can't fix it, delegate it or 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 get help yeah. you know, mm-hmm. from an outsider, yep. whatever, whatever. But I, I don't think we ever lose credibility unless we just keep going back to the same well mm-hmm. and then don't fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it speaks to humility, too, um, to as you were talking, I was thinking about what, you know, what about those issues where someone else sees something that is wrong mm-hmm. 
and needs to be fixed. But sometimes we don't see those things ourselves. Sometimes, you know, you don't know what you don't know on the other side of yourself. Um, And so to be the kind of person um, just in everyday life where you have a humility about you um, and an openness and sort of a willingness to engage with with anybody, no matter where they fit in in your ministry, um, so that someone can come to you and say, hey, this isn't working or, you know, I feel like you should fix this or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And just being open and honest to feedback. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's you know, a life principle, I feel like. Absolutely. No, well, most leadership principles are life principles, too. Yeah. yeah. So we could probably talk for four or five hours about all sorts of different leadership principles mm-hmm. and how we need to understand mm-hmm. those and develop those pieces. Um, I think one of the challenges is Sunday's coming, Wednesday's mm-hmm. coming. Uh, winter retreats are coming, spring yep. retreats are coming. Mm-hmm. There's always something else for yep. a lot of us that are listening. Um, I work a full-time job and I'm just trying to figure out how to lead this student ministry, you know, in a couple hours yeah. every single week. So in the midst of the day-to-day life and busyness of ministry, what are some practical ways that you guys could say, this is how we can actually develop these skills in the midst of all of this? I think just in the day to day, you know, we're all, all, all of us are doing life, you know, Mm -hmm. like you said, we're leading full, you know, full-time lives, full-time jobs. Um, and so to pick up, pick something from this podcast or from what you're reading or, you know, um, from some, somebody who tweeted something Mm -hmm. that was, you know, sort of life-changing, pick something that you can work on, you know, for however long, two or three weeks, Mm -hmm. um, pick little nuggets, um, because it makes it, you're, you're, it makes it palatable and makes it digestible and makes mm. it doable um, and less overwhelming to think, you know, I'm going to read Joel's book and impl- apply all these seven principles all at one time. You're not going to, you're going to fail. Like right. you just are, we're all human. And so I feel like if you pick something that you can work on, um, you know, for a couple of weeks at a time um, and people will notice, you know, mm. if you're, if you're working on something intentionally, oh, um, you know, from a day-to-day perspective. Do you have any thoughts? So when I was 22, I started teaching and um, leading a classroom of students who had no choice. (laughs) But Mm. with adults in my world, I was struggling. Mm. And one of the things that I was learning was that um, the most efficient email is not always the kindest email. Mm. The quickest way to say something is not always. And I assumed that everybody else could hear the tone behind my emails. Mm. They could not. (laughs) And pretty quickly developed a reputation with some of our staff for just being a total jerk. Wow. <laughs> and there was an older, wiser French teacher across the hall from me. He was probably in his late fifties, early sixties. Mm-hmm. I was 22. And mm-hmm. he came across the hall one day and he said, come here, pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> pumpkin. <laughs> and over the course of the next year, he would walk with me through the campus during our planning periods huh. and just teach me stuff. And That's one of awesome. the things he taught me was about going in and saying hi to our administrative staff and talking Mm. to the lunch ladies and rephrasing an email. And there were all these little life lessons that came along the way just because we Mm. were walking and talking. And so I know sometimes we suggest things like leadership coaching or counseling and all of that's great. But sometimes I think you just find somebody who's further down the road than Mm. you and Mm -hmm. say, well, you walk and talk with me a little bit. Yeah, totally. I think mentoring, getting a Mm -hmm. mentor is, is a great, great idea. And, and honestly, I mean, certainly not a commercial, but I think Mm -hmm. having a, a, uh, a company like an orange that mm-hmm. provides strategically what the a youth pastor needs to get their job done, then they can focus more on yeah. the leadership mm-hmm. aspects mm-hmm. versus spending other time developing yeah. curriculum or developing programming, which I think most people who go into ministry, I would imagine they think that's what they're supposed to be doing yeah. mm-hmm. versus, you know, get the programming. Now I can focus on being a leader, um, w- whether it's mentoring or focusing on a, one idea, like mm-hmm. Aloha said, I, this is simple, but just listen to podcasts, read. There's so many good leadership mm-hmm. books out there. And I, the, the wonder and blessing of books and podcasts is it teaches you that you're not alone. Yeah. Your mm-hmm. leadership is hard. It's a blessing, but it's mm-hmm. hard. But there's also always tension in it. But it's, it's, I think some of us as human species, we, we think we're going to eliminate tension. And <laughs> it, we're not. It, it's just there. We have to manage it. And we manage it by just humbly addressing each issue. But mm. God never gives us more in any one day than we can handle. Mm. And we just have to let our energy flow on that issue. And the next day, you just keep moving forward. So that's, I hope that helps. That's great. Yeah. And uh, my wife's a dental hygienist. And so for her, in order for her to keep her license, she has to do continuing ed on yeah. a regular basis. She has to have so many hours, however often. Right. Um, that doesn't really exist. 
and ministry world. Yeah. Depending mm-hmm. on your nomination, tradition, different things like that, it probably doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so it is completely mm-hmm. dependent on your your you know your staff culture or mm-hmm. your individual motivation yeah. to you mm-hmm. know the, the whole idea of leaders are learners. And yep. so yep. we're not going to have in a lot of different settings someone else mm-hmm. keeping us accountable for our own leadership mm-hmm. development. And we have to decide if we're going to invest the time into helping us to be the kind of leader that we can be. Mm-hmm. I love the mm-hmm. what you said, Joel, about finding resources that are available mm-hmm. for us to use to free us up to do what only we can do. Right. Um, and I don't really care if that's orange. There are a million resources mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. and you spending <laughs> your energy to curate resources and then contextualizing it to your community yeah. instead mm-hmm. of creating things from, things from scratch for your community right. is going to mm-hmm. free up so much yeah. of your time as mm-hmm. a leader to be able to grow as a leader and invest in things mm-hmm. that you can't if you feel like you're supposed to be the one mm-hmm. that's creating mm-hmm. everything from scratch. So yes, we have to be learners in every sense of the word, but we also have to 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 work smarter not harder yes. with what Absolutely. we're with what we're trying Absolutely. to accomplish yeah and I think sometimes we just have to give ourselves a little bit of grace. So mm-hmm. I went into full-time ministry at 21, for better or worse. That's just what somebody hired me. Um, and thanks, Jeff. Um, but there were things that there was just no way that I was going to be able to know, yeah. understand, and yeah. be able to live out as a leader at the mm-hmm. age of 21, trying to lead 55-year-olds right. leading you know, these, these students. Yeah. And so sometimes we just have to have a little bit of grace for ourselves yes. and say like, mm-hmm. okay, blew it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I can, I can get better at this though. And to be able to move past those things and use those as, um, launching pads to grow in our ministry yeah. rather than them becoming excuses internally of why mm-hmm. we're not good yeah. at what we're supposed to be doing. You know, yeah. one mm-hmm. of the, one of the words I talk about is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And over the years I have found forgiving myself mm-hmm. is the hardest thing. My own personal mm-hmm. mistakes, my leadership mistakes, and so your point about some, just give yourself a break sometimes. Yeah. If you're honest with yourself, you apologize to others you've offended, and then forgive yourself and move on because we all blow it. I yeah. mean, that's I think that's mm-hmm. one thing I've talked to a lot of young leaders. You look at my resume, everything. Well, geez, you've been CEO since you're 35 and four different companies, and boy, you're so. I've blown it so many mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. personally and professionally. And you just learn and you get better every single day. You just keep trying. So everybody fails. Everybody makes mistakes. But if we learn from them, hopefully they happen less and less. But still, I think your your words are very wise. And if we go back to the greatest commandment that so much of your book is based on, love, you know, love God and love others Mm -hmm. as you love yourself. And we look at these principles, be patient, be kind, be trusting, Mm -hmm. things like being truthful and forgiving and dedicated. Like we have to apply those to ourselves, too, if we're going to end up being the leaders that God is calling us to be. So how how quick are we to try and be Mm -hmm. forgiving and kind Mm -hmm. and patient, hopefully to people we're leading? But how hard is that to be those things to us too? But we're not going to reach our potential for influencing others, for having Mm -hmm. an impact, for leading them if we're Mm -hmm. not able to to have those same principles applied to ourselves. Being truthful to ourselves and our own faults, our own mistakes is not an easy thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, forgiving ourselves, being truthful to ourselves, it takes years of practice. (laughs) So these kind of conversations are usually really overwhelming with me because I usually leave feeling more bummed out about all the different leadership skills that I know that I need to work on rather than having patience with myself and, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, So as we wrap up, though, any any final thoughts, any last pieces of kind of leadership advice or wisdom or thoughts Mm -hmm. that we didn't get the chance to talk about today that you would want to make sure that student leaders hear? So you mentioned leading ourselves well, right? And being responsible for our Mm -hmm. own continuing education. Mm -hmm. And I think as a leader, sometimes I assume those I'm leading don't want that. Mm. But in reality, they do. Mm. And my assumption is they have already got so much on their plate and I'm already asking them so much that additional training just feels like too Mm. much. One more meeting feels like too much. Yep. And I think sometimes we may be underestimating what the volunteers in our church would love. Mm. And even these, you know, these seven leadership principles from Joel's book would be a phenomenal thing to talk with volunteers (laughs) about who might benefit professionally, but also in our ministry. Absolutely. Um, One of the things to piggyback off that, I feel like uh, lately, just maybe in in some of the circles that I've I've kind of been talking to people in, um, I feel like there's this tension of like, you want to keep your volunteers. Um, 
so you don't want to put too much on their plate. You don't want to ask them to do too much. But in order to create that relational buy-in and that relational change, Mm -hmm. you do have to kind of call them to something more. Because Mm -hmm. if they invest more of themselves in it, they're going to be more likely to stay versus like, oh, I don't have time for, you know, for this leadership training or I don't have time for this. Um, If you're calling them to something higher and they're working on themselves, like they have more of a uh, a Mm buy-in. Absolutely. That's a great and sometimes point. we just need to get innovative about mm-hmm. how we do that with mm-hmm. our leaders. Mm-hmm. As you're right, maybe only 30, 35% of your leaders are going to show up if you right. try to do some sort of a training. Mm-hmm. So maybe just don't host a training. What, what's another right. way yeah. outside of the box that but you I would can say make sure you get It depends that. on how much effort you're putting into that that training. But if 30% show up, those that 30% are being called to something higher. Mm-hmm. That 30% yeah. are going to get something out of it, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, and have something to take home and work on and, and you know, um, increase their leadership ability with their with their few that's mm-hmm. good i think the, the one thing i would add that i've learned over the the hard years is also pay attention to your own personal health spiritual mm-hmm. health mental health pay attention to mm-hmm. the signs um every major mistake i've made in my life it's it's i got unhealthy in one way mm-hmm. shape or form it's either you know stop my quiet times um was involved in some something uh you know, hurting or uh, subduing pain, whether it's drug or alcohol or or Mm -hmm. anger or whatever people Mm. do, just pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. Because as a leader, you can't be a great leader if you're unhealthy. And I think in the ministry world, we we sometimes use excuse of, well, we're saving souls, we're out there, we're helping people, we're helping people, and then we get unhealthy and Satan's looking for that. And and so I would just encourage people not only to learn to be a good leader, but pay attention to your Mm -hmm. own health and well-being. And you can't be a tired, frustrated mm-hmm. or uh, leader and be a great leader. Well, that's the whole idea of leading out of the overflow, right. is that we're not right. going to be able to lead well if our cup mm-hmm. is empty. But so often we almost wear it as a badge of honor that like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on empty because mm-hmm. I'm running Put nonstop all, all mm-hmm. the time. That's not a badge. Yeah. 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 But that's definitely not something we should be it trying to end lift well. up. You yeah. know, it might work when you're, yeah, but it doesn't end well. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to end on my final thoughts going to be a really practical thing is that we need to create healthy systems in our ministries in order Mm -hmm. for us to lead the way that we need to lead. I know that so often, um, if there was ever an audible that needed to be mm-hmm. called in ministry, then I was the one who had to handle it because we didn't have mm-hmm. systems mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. place on how to handle things. And so if anything ever really mm-hmm. happened out of the ordinary, nobody really knew how to handle it. And so I was always the one. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't developing other people to mm-hmm. be able to do those things. I wasn't kind of raising the bar for them to have those yeah. responsibilities. And then I was stuck spending so much of my time that could have been doing other things, just trying to put out fires right. or, or doing some right. other pieces. So the better that we can build and create healthy systems in our ministries that, going back to delegating, delegate other people on mm-hmm. how to handle those situations. I just think that we become better leaders and that we kind of raise the bar at the same time yeah. with everybody else. Cool. Joel, thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, was it, this was was it as bad as you thought it was going to be? Oh, it's very fun. Awesome. <laughs> Personal coaching session was fantastic. That was great. So helpful. No, I loved it. Thanks for You'll high. send Crystal the bill separately. Right? <laughs> no, I hope it was helpful in some way. And I, I just want to thank all your listeners for what they do. It's yeah. just an amazing, amazing thing uh, to just teach kids about Jesus and teach kids and and young students and Mm -hmm. older students about love. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And so thank you guys so much for hanging out with us during this time. Um, We hope that it is helpful and we are so grateful that we get to, you know, in some ways we like to almost think as if you are a silent person at this table that just never (laughs) spoke up during the conversation. But the reason that we record these conversations is because we know ministry can be a lonely thing. And Mm -hmm. so we have these conversations with you in mind and really hope that they're helpful, that they're challenging and also practical in some ways that you do have some things that you can walk away with from what we've talked about that can help where you are right now. So thanks not only for listening, but like Joel said, thank you for what you're doing Mm -hmm. in the lives of families and churches and communities all over the place. So guys, thank you so much for hanging out, for chatting once again, and thanks again for listening. Have a great day.